The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 630 p.m. Today's message is a conclusion of the first sermon preached in a series on the book of Haggai on Wednesday nights at Zion Primitive Baptist Church. The book of Haggai teaches us about what happens when God's people become complacent in their service to the Lord, but it also teaches us about how God will bless when we become reinvigorated in our devotion to Him. Haggai is clear, God wants us to serve Him, and He blesses us when we do. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. We praise thee, o God, for the Son of thy love, Lord Jesus, who died and is now God above. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. We praise thee, O God, for 
know, it's not enough just to stop some sin. You, you got a habitual sin that afflicts you like all of us do. <laughs> you know, yours may be different than mine. I have habitual sins that afflict me. And I can't just, you know, it's easy to say, just stop it. <laughs> and we should stop it, but don't just stop it because, you know, we heard the same nature abhors a vacuum. Your soul, your heart abhors a vacuum. If all you ever do is stop doing what you've been doing that's wrong, then, then you're going to have problems because something else is going to fill it up. You need to stop what you're doing and fill it up with the Word of God. You need to fill your mind. You know, stop. Maybe it's, maybe it's looking at, at, at images that you shouldn't be looking at. That's Okay, stop that. But don't just stop that. Fill up the, your mind. Renew your mind, we're told. In, in Romans 12th chapter, in the first verse, he says that we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice Holy, uh, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves, your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, it's just reasonable, isn't it, to serve God because of what all he's done for you. You know, if I came, if I came along and I was in debt, a million dollars, and Brother James comes along and says, here's a million dollars, I paid your debt off. It wouldn't be unreasonable to think that I ought to go cut his grass every summer for the rest of my life, would it? <laughs> that's just reasonable. That's just reasonable. That's, that's even less than reasonable. I, there's a lot more I ought to do for him because of what he's done for me. Well, see, he's saying to us, think about the million dollars that I'm talking about is nothing, nothing compared to the price that was paid for you and I on Calvary. It's priceless. The precious blood of the Lamb which was without spot and without blemish is what saved you and I for eternity. It's just our reasonable service to, to try to sacrifice our bodies to him every day. But, and, and notice what it says then. It, keeps, it says, be not conformed to this world. Don't, don't be like the world, in other words, but be ye transformed by some kind of spiritual osmosis where it just kind of seeps in because you're a child of God. <laughs> no. By the renewing of your mind. You know, we've said many times here in this church, you've heard it said by other preachers besides me, our battle is not for the heart. The Lord Jesus Christ won that battle on the cross and the Holy Spirit won it when he gave us a new heart. The battle in the kingdom of God is for the mind. We need to think right in order to be able to live right. And in order to be able to enjoy, the, 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 to have the joys of the kingdom of God. We've got to labor. He said, by the renewing of your mind, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove. That is, that ye may experience, that you may, you may show that it's true by experience. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? You see, he says in another place that we are to, uh, we are to labor, we are to, Press into the kingdom of God. That word press means to violently take it by force. You say, you mean to tell me that, that there's, a, there's a guard posted at the church door every Sunday morning and you gotta, you got to whip him in order to get in? <laughs> no, let's hope not. <laughs> there may be some places, but there's not one here. Everybody's welcome here, okay? You see, what you're pressing against is not, it should not be, I I guess there are places where 
where the church members are unfriendly and they're not, you know, there's dissension and problems. But, but I'm talking about in a church that is trying to do what God says and show the love, shed the, show the love to one another that's been shed abroad in their hearts. The fight is not against the other church members. The fight is not against the preacher. You don't have to press against the church or against the preacher. You've got to press against your human nature. It's a whole lot easier not to come to church. It's a whole lot easier not to, to, to get up and to try to make yourself go. You know, it would be a lot easier for me. I think about this oftentimes. I, I, I read something recently that Brother Mike Ivey put on the Internet, uh, put on Facebook. He said uh, to think about how it would be if uh, it, when, you, when you get up on Sunday morning and you're tempted not to go to the house of worship. Now, I'm not talking about if you can't go. You know, my dad... Uh, as you know, uh, longed to be here, but he couldn't. He couldn't physically go. And I know during COVID, there are, there are people that, that, are, that are not able to go. I understand that. I get, I'm not talking about you can't go, but I'm talking about uh, that, th that constant and common temptation to all of us, including yours truly, to just stay home and not, not be here. You know, some Sunday mornings, it's just so pretty outside. Uh, it'd be great to call up Brother James or... Or somebody, you know, else say, let's go to the river. Let's go fishing. <laughs> Be tempted to do that. See, the, you don't have to press against, against me or against Brother Mackey or Brother Glennon or anybody else. You got to press against your own human nature. Brother Mike Ivey put on there said, reckon what it would be like if your preacher did like some church members about coming to church. You know, just kind of was there sometimes and they're not, not there sometimes. And his point was, the preacher's expected to be there. I'm expected to be here. Look, I'm I know I'm preaching to the choir. I mean, the ones that are here tonight are the ones that show up. So, and I'm not fussing about anybody that doesn't. I'm just saying to you that the pressing that he's talking about here is pressing against our natural desire not to be a part of the kingdom of God. So easy not to. And that's, that happens to good, obedient children of God. That, that's my point, okay? Yeah. And that's the point of Haggai. These weren't rebels. These weren't people that said, I don't care about God. I don't care about the temple. I'm tired of serving the Lord. These are people that said, no, we're, we're going to do it. Just not now. Just not now. It's, it's, too, it's too, too much else going on. Just, you know, let's put it in modern terms. Preacher, you know, I'd be here. I'd be active in the kingdom. But you know, Alabama's playing out in Texas, and I won't be able to get back in time if I go. Or Auburn's playing somewhere else. Or even Mississippi State. Might even be a temptation. Might even be a temptation to some people in this room. But it's deer season, preacher. I, I just, I'll be there. I can worship the Lord just as well out in the tree stand. Well, I hope you are worshiping him in the tree stand. But you can't worship him just as well in the tree stand. There's a reason the Lord gave us the church. Because we need to be together. I, I don't know about you all. I needed this tonight. I needed to be here tonight. It's been a crazy week already. I need to be with you and to be Worshiping together. I need to be focused on the Lord and quit worrying about the fact that water's leaking under my house somewhere. You know? I'm tired of even thinking about that. 
I'm tired of worrying about when they're gonna get the motor back in Mason's car. You know, I've been up there nine weeks and still in. I'm, I'm tired of worrying about the transmission in Sherry's car. I'm tired, I'm tired of worrying about getting COVID. I'm tired of worrying about the next political election. I'm sick of it. And believe you me, I worry about those things. I think about those things. They afflict me. But you know what helps me more than anything else is coming here to be with God's people, to be together with my family, and to be able to feel the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. And I need this. I need this. And it's so easy to say, it's just not time. I don't have time. It's, you know, I'm too busy. I've got too much going on. You know what was happening here? He says in verse 4, is it time for you to live in your sealed houses and this house lie waste? Now what he's saying here is that, that the excuses that they were using were selfish excuses that really weren't excuses at all. They were built... It, look, it's not wrong to have a nice house. He's not, he's not preaching. God's not condemning uh, the, someone making a living and building a nice home or remodeling a home or buying a nice car or having a boat or something like that. That's not the problem here. He didn't say quit your job and, and put everything together and move into a compound. You know, he didn't say, he didn't even, you know, he is so good to us. <laughs> he didn't even say seek ye only the kingdom of God, did he? He didn't even say that over in the fifth chapter of Matthew, seventh chapter of Matthew. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. He knew we'd have to work. He knew we'd have things going on. He knew we could enjoy fishing. He knew we could enjoy hunting. He knew, we, he knew that we would want to have some things in this life, and it's okay, but here's the problem. That became paramount in their lives. The book of Haggai is all about priorities. It's all about where you put your premier focus in your life. Is it on the job? Is it on accumulating wealth? Is it on building the nicest house and having the finest car and the biggest boat? Is it, or is it on the kingdom of God in His house? You see, they were saying, it's, it's not time. You know, we're going to get to it, but it's not time yet. And they got used to it. You know, I've told you the story. I won't belabor it, but you know the story about 10 or 15 years ago when I was going to pull up my deck and, and replace the wood. And I got out there all excited, just like they did, you know. I got out there, I, got, I even bought me a big crowbar, Brother Glenn. I just, you're going to pull those two by sixes up. And man, I got out there and I pulled them up and got about seven or eight runs of them up over in the corner of the house, right there where our sunroom, kind of our music room, has a door going out there. You couldn't go out that door, you'd hit the ground, you know. And that was in a spring break one year. I wish I remember what year, but it's a spring break. I was going to do it, man. I was so excited. And then I said, well, I can't get back to it tomorrow. i got something else to do. Well, then the next day I had something else to do. And, and for the first week or two, I'd walk in there and I'd, I'd come up on the deck. I could still get in the main door at the back. And I'd look over there and say, oh, that bothers me. I've got a hole in my deck. I've got to get it fixed. I've got to. But, you know, after about a month or two, it didn't really bother me anymore. <laughs> you know, we don't, I, you know, I was thinking, you know, when I first started going up on there, I, I said, man, I got to fix it. Somebody's going to step out of that door and, and hit the ground, you know. 
Well, then, you know, I started thinking about that. I'd come in and say, well, I've got to get to it. But, you know, we don't even use that door much anyway. <laughs> it's really not going to be a big deal, you know. We just kind of, we just kind of go along. I hate to admit it. Y'all, I told you about confession. I'm going to make y'all all get up here and confess sometime because I do all the confessing as your preacher. But I think two years. I believe that's what it was, Sherry. About two years passed. And I was, I got to where I didn't even notice it when I walk up on the deck. I wasn't being intentionally ugly about it. And Sherry would mention it. I know it bothered her a lot more than it did me. She was very sweet and, and patient with me. But I, got to, I was perfectly fine with that hole in my day. I didn't intentionally do it. I wasn't going to leave it forever. I was going to get back to it, Brother Mackey. I was going to get it fixed. But I got used to it. I got complacent with it. I got satisfied. I was okay with the status quo. And finally, I decided, after much discussion with my dear wife, that it was time to get it fixed. I got somebody else in there to get it fixed, but I knew I wasn't going to get back to it. You see how easy things like that can happen? That's what happened here. That's what happened here. And, and, and let me just bring this to a close by reminding you of something very important about this. Fifteen years passed. Okay? Fifteen years. What happens in 15 years? If your child is two in 15 years, that child is 17. And over that 15-year period, as that child is growing up, you know, maybe you grew up. These, some of these Jews grew up focused on the temple, focusing on we've got to build the temple, got to rebuild the temple, got to get back to the true worship of God. But over 15 years, a generation grows up that doesn't know what it means to have the true worship of God. What if you've got a 15-year-old in 15 years? She's 30, maybe married. In that day, definitely married and with her own family. No longer under your authority as a parent. No longer under your the ability you had to, uh, to influence them over a generation grows up. A generation goes by and it goes by quicker than you realize. 15 years. They lost a generation. Now, think about it in our terms. We've seen it happen in some of the problems that have happened in the primitive Baptist churches in years past, Brother Mackey could talk about that. But here's my point. When we become complacent, when we get at ease in Zion, it is so easy, so easy to let time pass and the work of the Lord go lacking. And what is that work? Well, boiled down to its basic, it's go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, not some gospel, not some message, the gospel to every creature. You know, you, know what, you know what that means? That means that we as a church need to be faithful to the truth of God's word. And the gospel is good news. The gospel is not bad news. 
I grew up hearing the negative side of it. So many of you have told me in the primitive Baptist churches around, it was a lot of negativism. But I'm telling you, the true gospel is, that's what gospel means, is good news. Yes, there are people that will never respond. There are people who will never, uh, who will never be born again. But praise God, there's a people that will be born again. And if you see yourself as that kind of sinner that, that, that deserves, uh, uh, deserves hell, as the song said, uh, if my soul were sent to hell, thy righteous law approves it well. If that's the way you feel, then praise God, I've got good news for you. That means that your heart has been tendered. Preacher, what do I got to do? <laughs> Not one thing in order to be born again. You've already been born again. Preacher, what do I need to do? Well, what you need to do is you need to rise out of sleep. <laughs> Paul said in Romans, it's high time. My daddy used to say things like, it's high time. When daddy said, boy, it's high time to get to do it, I said, buddy, that was, you better be getting up. <laughs> you better be getting up and finding out what it is he wanted to do. But seriously, it's, we need to be telling others sharing with the others. We're not going to turn a goat into a sheep. God didn't call us to make, sheep, make goats into sheep. But what he called us to do is to feed the flock, feed the sheep. My prayer every day is that the Lord, that we would act in such a way at this church that the Lord would trust us with more of his sheep out there. We want to feed them. Man, feed, sheep's got to be fed. That poor old prodigal son who was always a child of his father, never, that wasn't about going down to the pigsty and getting born again, Brother Mackey. That was about a child of God who was already a child of God. He was a child of his father when he was in the house of his father. He was a child of God when he was out in the world partying. He was a child of God when the famine hit and he ended up in the pigsty. And that poor little old child of God down there, that sheep couldn't eat off the pig food. That wouldn't feed him. But he came to himself one day and he said, you know, the sheep food's back home. <laughs> we got the sheep food right here, beloved. May the Lord help us not to become at ease in Zion or complacent. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.